4 o'clock central, this is Pillars of Franchising, broadcasting the secrets of success in franchising with my co-host Ray Pillar, and I'm Fred McMurray, and I'm still sitting on the edge of the Pacific watching the whales go past. Ray, how you doing and where are you today? I am in my RV, or Mobile Studio One, as you like to call it, in White Lake, South Dakota, heading east back home from a wonderful trip I had in the in Gillette, Wyoming, and Spearfish, and and uh, or Sturges. It was it was a great trip, and I'm really had a good time, and I'm also looking forward to getting home and now relaxing a little bit because I had a lot of things to do and. Met a lot of new people and had a lot of fun. Well, I gotta say the the picture, some of the pictures I've seen, um, I would, I'd much rather be doing those than having to clean my own toilets or bathroom. So, I guess that's a really strong uh, theme for getting back to work, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, you you really look. I, I love seeing the picture. It looks like you're having lots of fun there, my friend. Um, well, uh, hopefully, yeah, it, you'll see some it, of those up on the Facebook page. I think you will. And I just want to say that it's definitely God's country. It's be- absolutely beautiful out out here in the Black Hills, and uh, <clears throat> I had a wonderful time. I, I and there's our friend, my dog. the watchdog. <laughs> Raise oh, watch I will, I will try to mute if there's another conversation going on, but uh, right now I don't know what they're barking at. But I'd, I'd like to so, welcome Dr. Wait, wait, before our, that, our guest. before that. Oh, oh okay. Wait, wait, okay. Ray. What? One other note. You okay, said talking so, about getting back. You realize next week is our six-month anniversary of our first Pillars of Franchising. You're kidding Oh wow! No, it's. I'm just having too much fun. It seems like it was just yesterday we started. It is. This and, is great. And, you know, it's. We got a website now, and and we're growing. And next week we're gonna, uh, we're all gonna be uh, all the Chicagoland area guests, and actually we may have one in from Ann Arbor, um, are gonna be meeting at the Molly Maiden Rolling Meadows. That's J.L. Moore. She was last one of last week's guests. We're gonna be meeting there. People who can call in, and we're going to highlight all our past guests on the show. Ain't that fun? So how can they call in? How can they call in? Well, next week they'll be able to call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And they can call in today with questions. And one last comment. Um, I've actually had people coming up uh, to me around in San Luis Obispo at at business events and they've been telling me they've been listening to the podcast um they love you and and they prefer the lighthearted me on the radio show more than the butthead business person on uh, in person so how's that for you <laughs> oh <laughs> that sounds interesting well you know yeah, i, know, I but, think you know. that I, I have a feeling then that they're really going to love today's guests and uh, i'd like to introduce dr maria malater and uh, Dr. Maria, as we like to call her, and she likes to be called, I think, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you know, 
I think it's best if you go ahead and introduce yourself because I will not do it justice. So, Maria, <laughs> tell us what you do. So, um, well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you and talk about, you know, a lot of different topics about business and management and leadership. And so currently I'm a full-time professor at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. And at, at that program, we teach industrial and organizational psychology, organizational leadership, and then business psychology and consulting. And so that's, you know, it's really an interesting kind of curriculum where you kind of learn about how you work with, you work with the people aspect in your organizations and companies and find out how you can maximize, you know, your revenues and different ways you can leverage your business through the people and human resources. So, and then beside that, I'm busy doing research and writing books and doing speaking um, along the way. You know, it occurred to me that with unemployment hitting some uh, some record lows, that uh, this conversation is going to be very valuable to a lot of business owners. Well, we hope so. We hope all of them are. Well, absolutely, because right now it's a big war for talent because everybody mm-hmm. wants the best people. And so how you position your organization and business and how you treat people within well, you're going to get the best people if you treat them well and have a good culture that they like, that they want to stay. Mm-hmm. And so instead of managing people, I mean, you can manage your machine maybe, but I think people, you, you really need to become a leader instead of a manager. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because sometimes we kind of confuse those two terms, but a manager is more someone who's just kind of, they're doing the administrative operation type stuff, but a leader is actually inspiring vision, you know, and influencing people. And, uh, you know, so it's more of a, a different kind of perspective. So instead of me just telling you, Ray, go do your job, you have to do it this way. It's more about, you know, Ray, how's it going? And here's our big vision. Let's follow this path. It's a little different. Yep. Uh, I, I, one of the things I like to do in my business is uh, be totally transparent with everything that's happening within the business. And I feel that the more that the employees are involved in the business, uh, the more they become part of it. And I think that's a, that's a, a great asset, uh, becoming part of the, uh, as your employees become part of the business and are concerned about the business. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. And and so what I, I'm kind of noticing is, as you know, you could take a look at Southwest Airlines and how they became employee-owned and how that really turned around their entire business culture. But it's, it's more often than not, people are working in teams, so then they feel more a part of the organization instead of just taking direct orders. So they have more of an investment, more of an, I guess, an emotional investment. So then they would want it to be successful too. So they're, like you said, and how you, you know, work with your employees, you're transparent, you're open with communication, and that makes them feel a part of the bigger picture and want to do well. Absolutely. Um, Not too long ago, when we moved into our new building, uh, one of the, uh, 
HR people from another business within the building asked, stopped me and says, how come your employees are so friendly? And I took that as a, as a great compliment <laughs> because uh, I, I think that's part of uh, leadership in, in that you need to be friendly with everyone you meet. So I know that if they are friendly to people just walking in the building and they are going to be friendly to our clients and they take that same exuberance, if you want to call it that, you know, out to the field to our, to our clients. Oh, absolutely. I think, but it sounds like it's part of your culture. So, you know, and I think that when there's a, a good leader who is inclusive and you know, and people are happy coming to work every day, then that kind of spreads out of the building, you know, and even so mm-hmm. when, when they're going to meet their friends or talking with their family about work, they're not complaining about the boss. They're talking about how awesome, you know, the boss or leader is and how great it is to work there. And that attracts more people. And I, I that's good for your image as a business. Absolutely. Uh, we we have the ability to, if we do need more employees, uh, just ask, uh, you know, uh, our other employees. And that's usually where our pool is from, is from friends and relatives of our current, uh, current uh, employee base. So, let, Ray, let me jump in here and remind our users or our uh, listeners they can if they're listening at this point, if you're on the podcast, you won't be able to do this, but they can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. We want to thank the Link Local Network for sponsoring our show and a now for a brief word from a new sponsor. Promosharecast.com been a leader and I've always been pretty creative. It all starts with with character. Success is a result of steady. The roller coaster just took a deep dive. Yeah. Genius idea, right? <laughs> Health, wealth, and spirituality. I'm Antonio Holman, and if you want to be more successful, check out my podcast, The Four Principles of Success, at the4pos.com, part of the Success Media Network. Andre, we're I'm, back. So, yeah, I, I think uh, just to clarify with our with our audience is what is the biggest difference between a manager and a leader? Oh, sure, sure. So, you know, a, a manager is responsible for kind of controlling or administrating all parts of the company. So they handle the details, they organize, they push for results. And it's kind of more of a positional power, you know, with a title. And then when you kind of contrast that, so they're kind of doing the detail work. Uh, Then when you kind of, like, change it over to being a leader, a leader is someone who kind of leads or commands the group. They cast a vision. They influence others for the positive results. Uh, They inspire others to act. And so the the power is not necessarily a position, so it's just more about how it's through influence. I mean, people are inspired to follow the leader. So there's a little bit of a difference there. So it's kind of the tactical in the management, and the leadership is inspiring the vision. So sometimes we confuse those terms, but yeah, absolutely. Kind of get better. Uh, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say it's just a di- it's a different perspective because some people will, you know, in some organizations will get promoted into a manager situation and they may not have the skill set. Well, usually it's the skill set of inspiring and the communication that comes with being a leader that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, where do you think good leaders come from? Um, I mean, is it from the employee base or do you have to look outside your your regular employees? Hmm. Well, it could be both. <laughs> it could be yeah, both because yeah, you yeah. could actually you could grow a leader. So sometimes I'll ask, "Is leaders are you born a leader or are leaders made?" And that's always kind of a combination. Same question. Of, yeah. I, yeah, it's it's just kind of you could have both, but I definitely feel that a person can learn how to be a leader, and so it's a matter mm-hmm. of them just kind of learning a little bit about the, like the different kind of mindset of being a leader instead of just managing mm-hmm. the details, more focus on the relationship. And also the big part of this is how you communicate. So when you talked about transparency, it's how do you kind of communicate a vision or what's the direction for your organization? So when you hit, mm-hmm. when you kind of have those, uh, I guess those aspects, you can, you can develop them. And also through mentorship. So if there's someone underneath you that you want to bring up as a leader, you can mentor them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of an example of how this would go uh, as a as a uh, as a leader. Instead of telling someone to do something, you would basically say, "This is one of the things I'd like to see done." You know, is there, uh, can you think of, can you do it this way or is there a better way of doing it? In other words, asking their opinion is is one of the ways that uh, instead of just simply saying do this and that, you ask, you say, this is, this is what the end results needs to be. What's the best way of doing it? And by asking that question, you involve them and and they become part of the, uh, part of the project. Yes, exactly. Because you want to have them feel empowered. And then they'll, mm-hmm. you know, have a stronger commitment instead of just micromanaging them and telling them what to do exactly. You can invite them into the conversation. Here's the task that we have on hand. What are some ideas of how we could accomplish this together? Well, and, and, what's amazing about, and what's really amazing about that is uh, a lot of times a manager will have an idea how that should go. And is really surprised that wow they came up with a much better way of doing it than I than I could have uh, thought of. So uh, that, I know that I've run across that myself. Okay, so I'll be the negative voice here. While I'm a, a full believer is of what I think that is is the Platonic method of seeking seeing if these students can come up with a better um, answer than what you already have, and, and I'm a firm believer in it. I will tell you that when I use that method in uh, uh, strategy meetings with my partners, they both want to throw staplers at my head because normally <laughs> they figure I've already gotten a solution because I've gotten something because I'm asking the question that they haven't. Mm-hmm. They figure I've already got a, another uh, something in mind. And, Ray, I would ask you, would you really want to send your – uh, your teams out and say, well, don't follow it the normal way. Just come up with a better idea. 
So sometimes you set be the negative one. Obviously, say, uh, yeah, you, you have to set parameters. Uh, but you, uh, yeah. but the, the the route to those parameters can be, uh, you know, varied. All I'm saying is it depends on the situation. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, Anna, so you are a professor of business psychology. Define business psychology. This is a, to me, this is a fun topic, far more fun than leadership. <laughs> well, I, I I'll have my haters. So business, uh, people will tweet at me, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, it'd be terrible to be tweeted at for sure. So, okay. <laughs> so you've got you've got, got the hard science. You, you have the hard science of business psychology, which that are the hardcore selection processes where you're kind of doing the psychological analysis. You're doing all the different kind of adverse impact, kind of looking at selection. So, for instance, if you're going up for a firefighter position and you need to have all the kind of different layers of what they need to accomplish and how you measure it and all the stats behind that for all the people coming through. So there's a hard science to business psych. But then there's the soft science, which is a little bit about the organizational development and the leadership. So there's kind of two aspects of it. So the bottom line is a little bit about getting to the getting people to maximize your organization through hard science and soft science. So that kind of simplified it a little bit, but you yeah. know, and so some so, of that even includes like employ, like I guess I would say CEO selection. You know, how do you kind of figure out who's going to be the person if you're in a business and you need to replace the CEO or you want to transfer it, you know, if it's a family business, transfer it over. How do you know you have the right person? Well, that's a little bit of the business psychology to figure that out. All right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like um, to me that the where you're coming from is primarily focused internally on the organization. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you're focusing external of the organization, what type of psychology would that be? Well, there you're right. I mean, initially I'm describing the internal, but the external okay. is then how do you how do you I guess a little bit about how do you attract customers? You know, that kind of psychology around that such as behavioral economics is also a part of business psychology. You know, what's causing someone to purchase something or, or, or having an affinity for an organization, that's also business psychology. I mean, initially, okay. if I were to ask you, when you first think about photography, what organizations would you think of? You know, Getty Photos kind of, would be the first one. Yes, yes. You know, and how did or how did Instagram. they get into that position? Yeah. Uh-huh. How did they get no. there? Ray, did we lose you? I'm here. I'm listening. It's going good. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wish I understood you know what... everything you were saying. <laughs> Fred wins one for one. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me. Um... <laughs> it's a laughter fest. <laughs> Usually it is, and people actually learn stuff too, so it's really cool. Um. So I was going to say, here's something. So I teach this consulting class, and a lot of times what we look at is 
when organizations have maybe made a mistake? And how do they recover? Like, how do they restore trust out in, you know, with their customers? You know, what are the ways, you know, that they have to kind of consider how, how, so if there's someone who, I, I guess I'm not sure if I want to name specific companies, but we've had some situations where CEOs have made some bad decisions. And so mm-hmm. you have to figure, the organization has to figure it, how are they going to get over that? You know, how are they going to restore their customers they may have lost or rebuild trust? So that's another aspect of it. So do they hit, so, all right, and there's a couple I can think of uh, recently. Um, but one of the famed examples, at least in digital marketing, was um, there was a, a beef uh, meat company, we'll say, out west of Chicago, ways out, that uh, got hit by a negative story. And they had no digital presence, no positive media presence ahead of time. And it literally shut them down. Um, they never came back. And that took a personal point uh, connection of mine. But you remember our friend Dorian Earl, Ray? Uh, yes. He actually worked at a, a supplier company um, of that and lost a job on it. So is there when, but yet United had drugged somebody off, beat him up, and drug him off a plane last year, was it? And mm-hmm. after a short-term drop, there's you know their stock they're still making money hand over foot and pissing people off. So between those two extremes, where do most people find themselves, or what should they do if they're in those extremes? It's so I mean it's definitely so much about the communication that occurs after these situations and how you have to kind of be aware of. I, I mean I think some organizations today do take. Uh, do have uh, a drawback if they're not out there in the digital space because there's so much happening in digital marketing and in social media. So it's kind of, you know, I guess I would say even considering what is your communication plan if you were to have something negative and you need to think about that a little bit in advance to kind of have a crisis response plan to that. You know, you're not you're hoping that won't happen, <laughs> but it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, of how you know how can you kind of come up with uh, have that planned out in advance so you don't lose your business. So Fred, do you know somebody that does social media? Yeah, um, yeah, and I also <laughs> know how they um, had a client of mine that I. Uh, watching their Facebook page one day and um, somebody posted that um, the co- that uh, company's trucks had run them off the road on the Facebook at, on Facebook and knew it wasn't the client because they didn't have trucks. And so this thing went all the way up to corporate and had, <laughs> you know, on what to do all within, I think about two hours on a Friday night. So yeah, I know a company. Mm-hmm. Give me a call folks if you need them. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's so tricky. I mean, I mean, I know we're kind of, I know we're, I know we're kind of veering off a little, but I'm, I'm teaching, you know, I'm teaching this one class, and we were talking about how much 
Yelp and all the digital aspects are kind of impacting, you know, impacting your business. So kind of taking, I guess I actually just went through a digital wellness seminar, which was talking about how how we all position ourselves on social media and making sure that it aligns with our values. So that was was a little off tangent, Mm -hmm. but it's just a matter of, thinking about that and who are we representing in the organizations we're at when we're on social media. Okay, so hold that thought. We'll come back to that. Um, want to remind our callers they can call in at 323-580-5755. And now a word from our sponsors. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. So, back to the, the you said you, you were starting to talk about social media. So you're saying that social media, what was it you called? Wellness plan? or? Oh, oh, no, no, let me back it up. So I was just at a leadership conference, and one uh-huh. a series of the themes was about what's called digital wellness. And so there's uh, a yeah. professor that's out there talking about digital wellness, and, you know, the big keynote around it was for us to take a look at, you know, are we in alignment <laughs> with our vision and values for our organizations we represent and for ourselves? So one one of the things that really really helps uh, with a negative impact, uh, digital uh, negative impact, is if you have a great uh, positive. uh, What what, what I want to say, you know, uh, you've already got a large positive presence, so that a right, 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 exactly one or two negative ones actually. can you know be good sometimes i mean as long as they're not really negative because people realize that you know oh wow this guy is human or this uh, business is is uh, is real and they do have some problems once in a while so uh, it can be a, a good thing sometimes and uh, who was it that said all uh, all advertising is is good I, I forgot the exact term but even negative uh, advertising is you know, can, can be good Publicity, because it, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it presents your your business or or whatever or your product. Yeah, but there are some things I'd rather not be associated with. Oh, of course, serial yeah. killers, yeah. Chicago <laughs> politicians, and you, and you like know that. some, Fred. <laughs> yes, I do. Sadly, you, you, I am connected you, to some on LinkedIn. You know Guido, don't you? <laughs> I do, um, but let's not. We, we don't want to go there. So they were. Okay. <laughs> so going back to what you're talking about about the digital wellness and and it are what you're saying and this is something that we've believed in for a long time is that the content that you are putting out 
should align with your company values, principles, and goals. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yes. Is, okay. Um, yes. Have you, yes. You, you done any research into how that um, is, uh, is changed or filtered um, generationally? Um, you know, we know Ray does not listen to any other podcast on his phone other than Pillars of Franchising. Because... <laughs> This is true. Somebody trying to market to Ray, and it's okay. So somebody, um, and yet the feed, when people approach me on uh, the street about the show um, and listening to it, they tend to be a younger generation. So I know that uh, there's a multi-generational focus you have to have as you're aligning what you're putting out with your goals and how they affect people generationally, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Or not. Yes. 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 So, yes. So it's, it's kind of understanding all of those platforms across the generations and knowing that there's certain age groups between what, what people are using. You know, so uh, we were in that digital, in that one session we were in, they asked us to break into small groups and talk about what was our first impact or uh, insight to social media. And it, we all, some of us talked about be, having our first email address with AOL <laughs> and instant messages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so things have kind of evolved, you know, but it's just mm-hmm. a matter of they, they also did in this room of hundreds of people, they had us raise our hands to all the different aspects of how we interface with social media. So, but I, the reason I talk a little bit about photography besides loving it very much is that we're so visual now that that some of the social media is so focused on the visual, such as Instagram and Snapchat, that you almost kind of may want to learn about that if that's going to be in your market for your business, you know, because a lot of, younger people are using that and there's a lot of things that are sold on Instagram for sure so so are you on so, Instagram am I on Instagram uh-huh. yes <laughs> I, and yes I am how can people follow you <laughs> at, oh yes at Doc Maria so Doc Maria I have a Doc Maria Facebook page Instagram Twitter Okay. Facebook. Go ahead, Ray. We're searching Facebook, for her yes, on, Facebook. on Instagram. Well, what, 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 since we're talking start talking about multi uh, generational uh, things, uh, how how do you see the evolution of, of leadership? How's, how's it? How, where's it coming from, and where's it going to? So, you know, so it's great that we talk about the technology aspect because. Sometimes we can miscommunicate. We have we are probably the most connected society right now, you know, with all the technology. So we have to look at how that interplays with our communication as leaders, you know. And it's it's we could miscommunicate with you know texts or emails. So it, it brings us back to still having that in-present kind of conversation, whether it's on the phone or in person. So you know, there's so many ways to communicate with 
technology, but so you kind of have to have a digital leadership strategy. You know, how, how are you communicating digitally? Um, and again, you know, as this also is evolving with leadership, you, we touched on it a little collaboration for sure. And then again, mm-hmm. we talked about the authenticity. So when I'm working, you know, with my students and asking them about who do you admire as leaders, the latest thing has been more talking about how it's okay to fail and how to pick yourself back up and that they admire leaders that fail and can get back up, which, you know, sometimes I think in the past it was all about we would idolize leaders and think they were, they were perfect. And so I think it's kind of great that that's evolving. And then the other aspect is um, kind of the adaptability of leadership. And so you really have to have learning agility and change agility as a leader because today, you know, maybe you got a brand new phone, you have to adapt to that, or there's new social media, you have to know how you can lead that way and make changes in your organization. The big part is how do you make change? Absolutely. Uh, would, okay. I, I would argue that One failure time. is part is, 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 is part of success. You know, it's, will, it's a learning curve. I will go tell ahead, you, sir. Ray, if you truly believe that, do not go skydiving, my friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't. And no plans. If at first you do not succeed, <laughs> skydiving's not you your fault. You don't try. You don't try. But I, I think in the in the, in the business in business, uh, if one does not run across any any failures uh, and learn from them, then they're not really in business. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I can't see. Uh, because it's a constant uh, barrage of, of things that come your way that need need to be corrected, and you learn from every one of them. Hopefully. hopefully. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I think that that's true because uh, sometimes I think you really have to think about how are you increasing your own creativity and innovation because if you don't think about that, you know, and you don't learn from your mistakes, then it's diff- it's difficult for your organization to thrive. You know, you're hoping, mm-hmm. but some, mm-hmm. you know, and we've seen some organizations close because they, you know, they they may they choose they chose to not change. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, you know exactly. So we we were talking you we were talking about from the starting point of you've got mail. Where do you see leadership going? <laughs> where, where, you know, get your, Dr. Maria, get, get your crystal ball out and tell us, where do you see this going? So, let's see. Well, I, you know, where do I see this going, leadership? Every, okay, so this is old school, but I'm going to tell you that on the Harvard business list for best leadership books, it goes back to Dale Carnegie's book called How to Win Friends mm-hmm. and Influence People. I mean, that is yep. still on Harvard's list. So that tells me it continues to be about relationships. So that's a continuation. But then as we kind of move forward, there's the adaptive leadership, there's learning agility, change agility. Um, and then it's something new. One of our students just did a study on redemptive leadership. And, again, it goes back to them moving forward from failure. 
But I think if I were to give some tips about, you know, as you're kind of building your organizations further, advancing them, you want to have that inclusiveness of employees. So there's a topic called neuroleadership that's out there, and it's how do you make people feel like they belong in the organization. Mm -hmm. And then I'll add the layer of diversity because we have so many multiple generations in the workforce right now. We could make, we could leverage something from every generation, and the core is not mm-hmm. necessarily the generational differences, but it's about where you find the commonality, you know, bet- across okay. the generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So Go ahead, we're going to take a break for we're going to take a break for one last sponsor, um, and then I'll see if I can take us into the twilight zone. Uh, you can call in with <laughs> questions at three two three. Five eight zero five seven five five, and away. Take it away, Michelle. Hey, franchise owners. Does the marketing that corporate provides for your franchise go far enough? Do you struggle to get local clients to call or come through your door? At MediaVine Marketing, we love working with franchises like yours to personalize and localize your marketing efforts through social media sites like Facebook or Instagram, in emails to your current and past customers with Facebook or Google ads, and whiteboard animation videos. Contact Mediavine Marketing today at 805-265-5440 or go to mediavinemarketing.com. That's 805-265-5440. Mediavine Marketing. We know franchises, and we want to help yours grow. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, so now into the twilight zone. So... The topic has been leadership and, and how, where does it go in the future. And I, I don't disagree with anything um, anyone said, but uh, with the rise of technology, as we've been talking, we're already seeing the rise of chatbots and, and artificial intelligence and marketing, and, and Google had unveiled until they pulled it back the, the uh, AI robot voice calling up or digital assistant uh, calling up unsuspecting businesses and scheduling stuff. So, and if you listen to somebody like uh, Stephen Hawking was very much against AI or at least the potential for it to rule the world. So, can how would one teach leadership in artificial intelligence? Is there a need for leadership as AI takes over um, thinking for us? Are and into the twilight zone we go. Okay. Okay. It's a great question. So most of the decision-making theories that are kind of functioning with the AI don't have the element of emotion. So a lot of so, – so what we're trying to study now, actually, is one of our students is looking at is there emotion attached to decision-making. And so – I don't know if they have that advanced as far as the emotion behind making a decision. So that's where it's a little tricky when you think about AI. So because you could have all the decision trees that you want, just like when you call somebody, at, you call an organization and they say press one or two. Well, there's no emotion in that. So that's where it's tricky is how do you tie in the emotions of leadership into that. So that's where sometimes some people can't be replaced. Uh, I hope that made sense. Yeah, well, you know, we started uh, talking about this. I was thinking of uh, uh, 
Star, Star Trek and Data. That was his goal to learn emotion. Uh, Data was the robot uh, on Star mm-hmm. Trek, and and uh, that was his goal to learn emotions. And he really stumbled at it uh, quite badly in most cases. But uh, um, that's a, that's an interesting topic, and I think uh, it needs to definitely be discussed because we are heading in that direction where computers will be taking over. And see, if if they, they talk about taking AI into medicine and how it can do much, much better things, but part of medicine from at least what I've been told is uh, uh, the human, we'll call it the human spirit, or the body, the mind can make the body well um, in many cases without the external medicine so that a doctor's bedside manner or the healthcare uh, bedside manner can impact it. So if there's no emotion there, if emotion can't be conveyed, then how does that improve healthcare through AI? Mm-hmm. 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 All right, that's, so. I mean, that's a really good, I mean, that's a really good point. So I don't know, I don't want to cut you off, but I think it's a really good point. I mean, there. uh, there has to be some element of mind that helps a person heal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll yank yeah. us back out, out of the rabbit hole on that one and, and say, <laughs> um, what does the Chicago, who, what all topics does Chicago School of Professional Psychology cover? How is that for pulling it back out of the rabbit hole? <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, yeah, you my know, mind is going so into. Have- into <laughs> My mind is going to comfort dogs in the hospitals, and, and now you jump right back out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good Fred. point. It's a good point. So, and, I'm sorry. And go, I, ahead. Go, go ahead, Maria. That's okay. I'll take it on. I'll take it on a different direction. I mean, and then we'll go back to the. We'll go to the Chicago School. I mean, another area that's kind of opening up is what's called positive psychology, and it's called psychological capital. And, and, and the acronym of that is HERO. And it's like, how do you instill in your organization's hope and self-efficacy, resilience, and optimism? And so that's a lot about the emotional components of this. So, you know, it, whether we have AR or not, we're finding a lot of good leverage with positive psych. So, but, um, I'll, you know, that's, or psycho, that's psychological capital. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the movement. So, and it, it actually... Yeah, so it's interesting. No, go ahead. So, so this cool is stuff, kind of right? this whole movement. I mean, it's, so it's really interesting. So if you, I mean, a little, I'm a little old school, but when I first started learning about leadership and business, I learned about positive mental attitudes and all these kind mm-hmm. of visioning and how to treat people with Dale Carnegie. Well, now all there now, even though, you know, maybe you saw them for a motivational speaker, but now here in 2018, you've got a lot of research that backs it up and data that backs up this is how you lead and how you lead your organization with these underpinnings of positive psychology. So it's great that there's data behind it because some people thought that was a fluff way to lead or run a business, but now that is so important. Becoming so, mainstream. It, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, 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 
And I, and I think that that leads into the question. Our our listeners are probably saying, "Okay, I'm a manager. How do I become a leader, Dr. Maria? What do I need to do? How do I start? And besides Dale Carnegie, what you know, what do I need to do?" Hmm. I think. I mean, I think wow. it's that there's. Yeah, that's a. Gr- <laughs> what do you need to do? <laughs> I, I think it goes back to like I even do this for myself. I have to back out and think about. What are my relationships like with my teams? You know, and mm-hmm. that's probably a good starting point is to start having that conversation. What is it like to work with? I guess as a leader, I actually have done this for myself as I interview people, like five people I know that will be honest with me and ask them, how am I doing as a leader? And then I ask them for candid feedback so then I can make some changes. So I guess openness to feedback is one thing to find out how are you currently being perceived. And, you know, so that helps me kind of shape my leadership a little bit. And then definitely, you know, taking a look around and seeing, you know, how am I even communicating the vision of the organization um, and what are other ways – you know, I, I encourage people to go to leadership trainings or events, you know, around, you know, around where they are to kind of continue to grow their leadership skills because there's always going to be something interesting there, too. And I think lifelong learning I'll put in there, too, because you're always you, – in order to be successful today, you have to continue to learn. So those, no. those are some of the thoughts that keep the people in mind. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the uh, seventh habit. Continue to learn. Sharpen the saw. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that could be a whole other talk about that. <laughs> a yes. whole other show yes. <laughs> on that. But it's, it, it, it is really important um, to work on your leadership skills because even though you get into position or you started a business, there's still plenty to work on yourself. Absolutely. To, so, know, what I was referring to is the uh, is the seven habits of highly successful people by uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, Stephen Covey. <laughs> anyway, Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really like that book. Yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's that's a, a great really, book. It is. It is. I, I liked it so much. I I actually taught it when I was working uh, at another business, and. Uh, uh, it's 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 great, and and when you can when you can encompass all those habits in, in your daily business life, I, I think you you will definitely be successful. So okay, one so of the things that a, go ahead. Quick question, Fred. Dr. Maria, what would be if you yeah. had to pick two business books for our listeners to read? And Ray, you can answer this question too when she's done. What would be the top two business books that you would recommend people to read? For success. For success. Um, I mean, I I actually do really appreciate the seven Covey, or Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. I mean, it's been out there for a while, but I really like it. Um, I also will t- – there's a – oh, I hope I can get the title. Uh, it, Ray, you can add some books, but there's one um, – there's a book by Harvard Business Review, and it's called um, like called Self-Management. And it has about 10 to 15 different chapters in it. And it talks about how you take, like how you manage yourself as a leader. And so there's a lot of great tips in that book also. 
So those, uh, those are things, two but, I would recommend. One of the things about uh, Seven Habits is it, it, it pretty much delineates what you need to do. And uh, that's that's why I like it so much, and that's why I highly would recommend that that particular book. But uh, and there are several others out there which I can't think of right now, <laughs> of course, because uh, I'm put on the spot. But there are some really excellent books about about leadership. Well, my my theory was business, but okay. Um, I am a fan of. I have read the. Um, uh, how to win friends and influence people in a, the social media age. Uh, it was a gift to me by the friend, friends at the, uh, Dale Carnegie at, in Chicago. But I, I think my favorite business book is Art of War by Sun Tzu. Go ahead, Ray. Well, I think one of the things at this point we need to uh, to mention is there's a lot of people out there who would probably like to be in contact with Dr. Maria. And uh, how how would they do that? Oh, Dr. yes, Maria. absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, one, of course, I'm at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, and so you can find me there um, with my last name is Malater, M-A-L-A-Y-C-E-R. And then I also have a website called DocMaria.com, and then I'm out on social media. And so you can shoot me an email at Maria at DocMaria.com or, um, you know, reach out other ways. Mm-hmm. You're getting better at that, right? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to Always get it in improving. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, bit of news about next week. Next week, is, as mentioned before, is our six-month anniversary. We'll be having a live event in Chicago at J.L. Moore's uh, in Rolling Meadows. Is that right? Yes. So be sure to call in at, um, and with folks uh, with your six-month franchising questions that we have not yet answered on the pillars of franchising. That's next week, Ray. I'm excited. Oh, me too. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Marie, are, is there any last thoughts with, that you'd like to leave Ray or me besides seek help? To and our listeners. <laughs> oh my! Well, I have a I have a theme for my life, and that um, you know, a couple of themes that I have for my life. But I think that a big part related to business is navigating the ride of change, and so mm-hmm. you know, and I have a book out on that, um, and it's just with riding it's risking, innovating, deciding, and enduring. And so that's kind of a model you can think about. So we all have changed. We all have to move through it. But it's important to know there are ways to kind of structure how to make change and make it effective. So you can get the book on Amazon um, and your local bookstore? Yes? No? Yes. Yes, on Amazon. What was the title again? Okay. Navigating the Ride of Change. Awesome. Sorry. Ray, are you going to get a copy? One at a time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to get a copy? Say it again. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, uh, Dr. Maria should give me a copy, a signed autograph <laughs> Absolutely, copy. Absolutely, I'll give you great. an autograph copy. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll post the social media I mean, pictures of both. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Thanks You'll for have to come me next week. Show. Yeah, it's been oh, fun and oh, informative. Oh, it'd be so, it would be so fun, but I'm going to be in Peru, so studying business in Peru. But well, tell them about in us in Peru. 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 Par- pardon me? I said, tell them all about there? the pillars of franchising in Peru. I will. I will. And is Ray asked, so, how long how are you going to be there? Oh, I'm going to be there for 11 days. So we're oh, taking a group okay. of students and studying business in Peru. So maybe uh, I'm trying to think of uh, ways we can get together and uh, I'll email you because I'm looking forward to getting that book. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. All right. This is Ray. Dr. Maria, thank you for being on the show today. Um, it's been You're welcome. edutaining as we strive for. Uh, this is Thursday. Be sure to listen next Thursday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific to Pillars of Franchising, where we want to broadcast the secrets of success in franchising. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Mm-hmm.